Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Um, let's get right in today. There's a phrase in the Bible uh, that you'll see scattered throughout the Bible, really two phrases that, that hint at the same thing. The first one is purpose in your heart. Uh, and the second one is um, make up your mind. Uh, the Bible says in, uh, let's find the scripture verse here. It says 2 Corinthians 9, 7. It says, let's each one give thoughtfully and with purpose, just as he has decided in his heart, nor, nor grudgingly, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. When it comes to giving, there's really only a couple of rules. And one of them is that you make up your mind what you're going to give. You don't give reluctantly. And you purpose in your heart and you give cheerfully. You don't give begrudgingly. You don't give. If you're extending your hand to give and you're regretting doing it, that's not the attitude of giving. For God so loved the world that he gave. It could say that he happily gave. The Bible says it, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. And so there's something behind that. But it's saying, pay purpose in your heart. Before you put the money in the offering or before you give something that God's requiring, you decide, I, I want to do this. I'm doing this because I love the Lord. But um, I'm not talking about uh, giving today. We'll save that for another day. But I want to talk about making up your mind, purposing in your heart. You know, there there comes a point where you have to start making life decisions. Uh, we live in a culture and a society where it's it's very easy to kind of be fluid, right? Where you can adjust to who you're around. You meet people who, you know, they drink around party friends, and then they're, they act like a Christian around their Christian friends, and they just adapt to their environment. They're like a chameleon, right? They they just, whatever environment, the puma is one of the animals that really fun, uh, functions and can um, make it in different terrains. It's great in the mountains. It can, uh, it can survive in the desert, um, in the rainforests. Uh, you know, it has, it's, it's a, it's a animal that in different, um, different, uh, climates and environments can adapt and can overcome. But for us, that's, it's not a good trait as a Christian to be someone who can, uh, who can adjust their lifestyle to be around the people, to hang out with the people they're around. And so God calls us to be people who've made up our minds. The Bible says in Daniel uh, chapter 1, verse 18, it says, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat. So you, you, you make a decision. Many people go through life in a place of like, they're constantly taking in evidence and hearing another side of the story. And so you have someone, and it's people who never really fully commit to anything because they hear this side, and then they want to hear that side, and they think it's being fair that they want to hear both sides. But when it comes to the Word of God, there is no other side. There is no other side. There's the Word of God and its final authority. When you serve the, when you serve the Lord, you make up your mind for yourself, and there needs to be really a list of decisions that you've made for your life, decisions that you say, man, I, <laughs> I'm willing to die for these decisions. I, my number one goal in life is not to stay alive. As a Christian, the Bible says, love not your life unto death. It's not in the Bible to try to preserve your own life. Now, we're not being idiots, and I'm not saying like, hey, you only live once, go live it up and go bungee jumping. I'm talking about for the gospel. You know, there's people who make a decision to serve Jesus knowing that if they become a Christian and people find out their family is going to forsake them, and there's a chance that they'll be killed for their faith. And you have people over here on this side of the water who can serve freely. And it's like, they're making decisions of, oh, am I still going to go to church? Or, you know, maybe am I, am I 
going to commit my life to the Lord and, and, and serve him all out. I'm actually going to read my Bible today. You know, it's like two totally different fights. But you, there are, as a Christian, especially in the way that the, the world is going now, there are decisions that you have to make once and for all decisions, once and for all decisions. It's like for, for many people who've grown up in good homes, you, you know, there's no question in your mind, you'll never do cocaine, right? Me, Ryan Yosta, will never do cocaine. I'll never do methamphetamines. I'll never smoke weed. I'll never, I'll never vape. I'll never t- uh, take CBD oil. <laughs> I'd rather die than do those things, right? There's just a standard of living. It's the same thing. I'm not, I'm not going to get drunk. I'm never going to a strip club. I'm, you know, there's certain things that I will never partake in in my life. Why? Because I've, I've defined a path for my life. And so there's decisions. Those are kind of the ones that are the, the extremes that, you, you know, most people with good sets of morals are going to stay away from those things. You can look from the outside and say, drugs do not lead to good decisions. You know, even people who aren't Christians make those decisions. I'll never drink alcohol and I'll never do drugs because they don't help. They, they don't advance anything that's good. You know, people always come up with something. Well, you know, it's got healing properties. Well, so do other things. It's not the only thing with healing properties. You know, people say, oh, you know, wine, the Bible says wine's good for the stomach. First of all, if you're going to talk about that, like books that were written at the same time as the Bible, it actually gave the ratio of wine and it was a 20 to one to what today's wine is. So they, it was the thing that they served, like when Jesus turned water water into wine, they served it at, 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 at weddings and, and, and celebrations where children were, the children could drink it. It wasn't the same thing. It was 20 times more diluted. than. So if you go in and study these things, people come up with these doctrines of, of how this stuff works. And then they, oh, you know, oh, I need wine for my stomach. It's good for my stomach. Well, so is pomegranate juice. There's actually more antioxidants in pomegranate juice. And the other th- chemical that's good in wine is actually found in pill form. So it's like in, in tablet form. So all these things that go into people's decisions, but where you make a decision for yourself, I'm, I'm drawing the line. And as for me, it doesn't matter who changes their mind, who does what, I will never do these things, or I am always going to do these things. So we call these life decisions. And so let me ask you, what are the life decisions that you've made? What are the things where you've said, final, 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 I will never. For me, number one, my number one decision that I've made is I will always obey God no matter what the cost. And I will always serve God no matter who turns their, who turns their back on him. It doesn't matter if my mom, if my brother, if my whole family. If everyone I know turns their back on Jesus, I will serve Jesus as long as I live. I will go to heaven. I've made up my mind. That's my number one decision. To say I'll always obey God and I'll always serve him, it, the decision is I will go to heaven. It's my, it's my main goal in life. It's really the filter that I see life through. So when I see people hopping and doing things, my first filter is what is the right decision? Number two and this is one really that um, I've only really made in the last few years. But the, the second decision I've made is that I'll, I'll always stand up and speak out for the Bible. I will always stand up for and speak out for the Bible. You know, it's, I, for me, I don't believe it's enough to be a Christian who sits quiet when people challenge the Word of God, when people mock the Word of God. 
I've made a decision that I'm the type of Christian, that if someone begins to mock Christians, mock the Word of God, mock Jesus, mock the Bible, that I'm the one who's going to step up and have something to say about it. So I've made a decision, and that's for myself. And I didn't, and you know, I made that decision in full faith and, and with, with a clear conscience, knowing that I'm making this of my own free will. No one's causing me to make this decision, but I'll always be the person where if someone speaks against the Bible, that, that, I, that I'll say no. You know, you can, you can take your mocking elsewhere. I'm a Christian. I stand up for the things of God. For many people, there needs to be a decision. I'm not going back to who I was. There are people you need to make a decision. I, you know, there's people who, 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 who've been in relationships and they've been in a relationship, they've broken up with the person or they've been on again, off again. And you know, you know, it's not the right thing for you. It's like trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. Like you have to make excuses for them in your mind. You have to like sell yourself on, on, on them being the right one. And you need to make a decision once for all. Not only am I not going to be with him, I will never be with him. And, and after that, I will never be their friend. You know that you, it's not normal to date somebody, to, to fool around, to break up, and then still hang out and, oh, we're just friends. No, no. Guys and girls weren't meant to be friends in that capacity. And people always use, oh, my upbringing is different. There, there comes a point where if you've crossed a boundary, there is no friendship. There's no friendship. If you have an ex-husband or an ex-wife, and, hey, we deal with custody things, and then you, hey, I'm going to be cordial. But there's no hanging out with that person. It's not going to happen. There's certain rules that you have to have for your life. And so God will put these decisions on your heart, these life decisions that you've made. I'm going to be committed to the word. I'll never be a person who, who's not in the word. I'll never be a person who's directed by how, how I feel. You know, if it means persecution, so be it. You know, I, for me, I've begun to anticipate persecution. And I've had some, but it's been very mild. But I've become begun to anticipate persecution. Why? Because the Bible actually promised it. So in the same way, you know, there's promises that God has for blessing. One of the, the things that God promised me is persecution through his word. And so I've begun to, I've begin, I've begun to anticipate it. So when it comes, it's not going to be a big shock. You know, I think the biggest shock usually is who persecution comes from. You expect it to come from people who hate God, and sometimes it comes from people that are closest to you. But you just decide, I'm standing up for what's right. Here's another one that I made a decision. I don't make decisions based on consequence. I make decisions based on principle. I don't make decisions based on what the outcome is, what I could lose from making the decision. I choose to make decisions based on principle. You have to be able to stand up for your convictions. This is what happens. People get, you know, for some people, having a following is the greatest curse that they've ever had. Because people get a following or people get people, you know, people look up to you, become a person that people look up to, especially in the ministry. And then all of a sudden you start filtering things through, well, who will I lose if I say this? And you can't do that. Truth is truth. What's right is what's right. You make decisions based on principle, not on who will I lose. If you have a church and you have a thousand members and you make a statement that you know is, is you're standing up for righteousness and for truth, but it's not accepted and you know, I'm probably going to lose half my members. That's a decision that you make based on the principle that I'll always be a person. Because the moment you step back and you, you compromise the word of God, you compromise truth for to keep a following, then, then you've lost the right to be able to speak. And you, you know, you're not going to help anybody anyway, because you'll back down on truth. It, it always, 
only gets harder. So what you're not willing to stand up for or stand up against now, if you see an injustice, if you see something that's not right, what you're not willing to stand up for now is, is a, oh, I'm doing this to appease this crowd. You can't, you can't do that. As a, as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, if you adjust your message because someone walks in the room, oh, I know that person struggled with homosexuality and usually I preach hard against it, but I'm just, you know, you've, you, you have lost the privilege. You, you decide, I preach the word because it's the word, not because I don't adjust it. Oh, this person, you know, committed adultery and I was going to preach on adultery, but I'm not going to. No, you preach the Bible because it's the only solution to people's problems. It is, this is what God has given us. So being a person who makes a decision, I don't make decisions based on consequences. I make decisions based on principle. How about this one? This is one that I've made. I'm a committed soul winner. For as long as I'm alive, I'll be a one-on-one committed soul winner. You know, even during the stand, I'm winning souls. I'm not really out in public too much, but people are coming to the grounds. I've been able to share the gospel and win one of the the um, the medics that's come on the property to the Lord. Two of the guys who run food trucks come, uh, prayed with them and led them to the Lord. You know, you just make a decision. I'm going to be a committed soul winner. Number one, you know, it guarantees me success. It guarantees me that God will answer prayers because I'm seeking first the kingdom of God. That's an element that if, if you're still not winning souls, you're wondering why God isn't taking so long to answer your prayers or why things aren't working. It's because you're really not seeking first the kingdom of God. There's no more simple way to put it. People who seek first the kingdom of God win souls. If you don't know how, we can train you. There's a gospel soul winning script on revival.com. And then another decision I've made, I won't allow sin in my life. I won't allow compromise in my life. For me, alcohol is a complete compromise. For me, even, you know, it's it's going to sound crazy. I don't drink kombucha. Why? Because it smells like alcohol. And I know, you. I don't think you can get drunk off kombucha. But it's a decision that I made. Why? <laughs> it's a small commitment that I have to the kingdom of God. I'm a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I have to have a higher standard than anybody else. So if you want to drink your kombucha, I'm not saying, because I know people who love the Lord who drink kombucha, and they love it. For me, it just smells to me what I, what I'm, what I personally, in my convictions as a minister... It's a small thing. It's a small decision that I've made to, to, to be committed to the kingdom of God. And so what are your life decisions? I refuse to have sin in my life. I refuse to have, I refuse to have compromise in my life. I will not tolerate sin and compromise. What are these life decisions that you've made? There are decisions that God wants you to make that you never question ever again. You know, when I was in sales, this was one of the things that we try to train people is we would uh, tell people, hey, we work from whenever we get out on the doors, like uh, 2 o'clock or 1.30, and we work till 9.30 plus three more doors. So it was always just, hey, we work till 9.30 plus three. But you saw guys that would struggle. Hey, what time did you work till? Oh, 9 o'clock. Oh, 8.45. I got yelled at, and so I stopped knocking. Where for me, that was a decision that I made not every day. And it wasn't a thing of, oh, we'll see how it goes. It was a decision that I made at the beginning of summer. I will knock till 9.30 plus three more doors, no matter how uncomfortable, uh, no matter who yells at me, no matter what happens. I'm, yell- I'm working to this time. And so it didn't take, the- having made that decision once and for all, it didn't take any more emotional strength. It didn't take any more like, uh, I need to be worked up. I need to be like excited. I need to be supercharged. I need to like use emotional energy to make this decision. The decision was made once and for all. And so when you make these decisions and you just decide, hey, this is my life, I'd rather die than, than, than back down on one of these decisions. It's 
these are things that matter to me. You make that decision and it's just easy. It's like you've just committed to do it. And so God wants to make it where you don't go through life, where, where you're willing to adjust your lifestyle based on the people who are around. You go to a church and, and we do all night prayer meetings and you're going to all night prayer meetings and then you go somewhere else and they don't even pray in tongues and then you don't pray in tongues. You shouldn't be someone who adjusts based on the people you're around. You should be someone who sticks with the word of God. What do you see? All I see is the book of Acts. I see a church that's on fire, laying hands on. That is my standard. I've made a decision. I'm going to live by the Bible. What decisions have you made? I love you. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you on the next podcast.